Shalom, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Eagle's Eye podcast. This is episode 22, and this is the sound of the shofar, a Rosh Hashanah special. There's something about the sound of the shofar which gives me goosebumps. <laughs> At this moment in time, I'm sat here and, and, and all the hairs on my arm have sort of like stood on an end and uh, goosebumps throughout my body uh, just hearing the sound of the shofar. Uh, more on that shortly, but welcome along, welcome along to this special edition of the Eagle's Eye podcast. Uh, yep, this is episode 22, and uh, what we're going to be doing uh, in this episode, and we'll be doing likewise in the next two or three, um, I'm going to try and bring in something, just a little taste of the season that we are in at this moment in time. Um, I don't know when you're gonna be listening to this podcast, uh, but I'm recording it a, a few days in advance of what is uh, gonna be the weekend of uh, Rosh Hashanah, which is, uh, for want of a better word, the Jewish New Year. Uh, so basically we, we're taking a bit of a break from um, the journey, as it were, uh, with where we've been. Uh, obviously, if you've listened to episode 21, you'll have realised uh, we were covering, or I was covering rather, the uh, section called The Cogs Start to Turn. And about how, by responding to the call of God, <laughs> eventually, after many years of, um, you know, digging my, 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 my feet deep into the sands and I'm not going any further and not wanting to, 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 to move on with what God was wanting me regarding Israel, um, it was a case of, uh, yeah, I had to repent. I had to bring myself round to the point where I'm thinking, okay, God, um, you know, you have your way. Um, and uh, it's not been easy, I have to confess, it has not been easy. But um, there you go, <laughs> God never said it would be easy. And of course, the last few episodes uh, where I've, I, I spoke about 
well, even going back um, from episode 13 when I did the Branch FM radio special, um, we, we, we've been on a bit of a journey of almost like my, my disobedience to God, but still expecting him to bless me. <laughs> uh, incidentally, before uh, I, I mention anything else, I'm back on uh, Branch FM radio once again. Uh, that is uh, coming up very soon. I think it's October the 15th, which will be upon us before uh, I know it. But of course, I'll, I'll let you know closer to the time when I'm back on Branch FM radio. Um, so yeah, um, uh, so basically episodes 14 and uh, 15, I was looking at the Russia house. I was looking at all the time when we were um, out in the Soviet Union, as it was then, and trying to bring a little bit about what, the um, what we experienced, and of course, episode uh, sixteen and episode seventeen covered life in Romania, and I was sharing on the work that we did out in a place called Chenavoda uh, on the Black Sea coast of Romania, uh, involved with all the children with HIV, AIDS, etc and building a, a hospice there. Uh, and then we looked at episode 18, Hoping in the God of Miracles, which was a difficult one. If you've not listened to it yet, I do um, ask that you go on to the, um, the SoundCloud. Um, just type in soundcloud.com forward slash David dash Sokal. And you'll come across all my podcasts there. But episode 18 was certainly a difficult one. Um, and then we looked at a couple of times of my journey through the wilderness. Episode 19 in the wilderness and episode 20, uh, training his special forces. And um, I just want to comment on uh, something somebody's... Uh, a good friend of mine, actually. He's one of my uh, regional links for Christian Friends of Israel. Uh, I'll just call him Dave. Dave, you know who you mean. So it's Dave talking to Dave. <laughs> uh, and he just says, um, a quote, he says, I really appreciate your, your honesty about the wilderness and often being in the wilderness. I think if we were all being truthful, we've all been there. And and then he goes on to speak about his past five years, which I know has been a tough time for him. Uh, and he says, we've, you know, about having ups and downs and trying to figure out where God is in all of this. And I guess Job is someone I should make a conscious effort to read and take on board. Uh, it's not the most uplifting book, Dave, by the way. Can I just say that? <laughs> it does have its sort of like little, little high uh, times, it's high moments, it's better moments, but uh, it is a tough book to read. Um, but, uh, and, and he goes on, he, he talks about uh, his spiritual father, uh, Rudy, who used to say, David, if you really want to know God, you have to take a walk in the desert. And that is so true. It's so true. Um, and, and, oh, by the way, um, I got a, a, an interesting, I mentioned Werner, Werner Oder, a good friend of mine, uh, sort of like, a, I don't know, he's, he, he, he's, um, we both spoke, uh, in Jerusalem on the same day, um, on the same conference. Uh, he followed me uh, at uh, Christian Friends of Israel conference back in 2015. And um, we've been real good buddies since. And he just phones me out the blue. And he knows, he seems to know when I'm, I'm really feeling down. 
um, and and he he just gets on on the on the telephone, and gives us a call, and uh, it's almost like you know God's dropped something in his spirit, and he'll share it with me anyway. He was chatting to us, and and then he emailed me regarding about what might you expect in the wilderness. And and Verna says, uh, hi, David, uh, the Hebrew, or did you know the Hebrew for desert or wilderness is Midbar? Midbar. So um, that comes from the root word, um, Dabar, which means to speak. Interesting. And he says, all the biblical saints heard the voice. Or when they heard the voice, they heard the call and they were trained in the wilderness. And of course, <laughs> episode 20, I looked at training his special forces. Um, and that led us on to um, last week's podcast um, where we had taken a couple of weeks. I hadn't taken a couple of weeks off. It was just, it was the CFI annual conference. And so um, basically that filled up my weekend. Uh, so last weekend was episode 21, The Cogs Start to Turn. And um, again, we've had a lot of really interesting comments. Um, I just want to pull out one, a big shout out to um, uh, Denise Sawyer, who is uh, on our mailing list and she's uh, she frequently gets in touch, big supporter, prays lots. <laughs> so, and, and Denise, we really, really do value it and appreciate it, not wanting to embarrass you or anything, but she just says about, uh, she loves uh, to hear the experiences of God that I, I sort of describe and and uh, and she feels herself being drawn into his presence and do you know that is so nice because um you know what's it about it's not just about me waffling on <laughs> about things that are maybe on my heart or things that I might have done uh, and she says this I love this she says I'm longing for him and it's in the night watches I find him oh Wow. And the night watches, well, I'm, I was speaking about the night watches and, and, and the fact that before we stepped out in faith, um, <laughs> in episode 21, um, I was saying how God was waking us up in the middle of the night and uh, we were having prayer times, meetings with God uh, in the middle of the night. Um, and uh, by the way, and I'll probably come back to this when I get back onto my journey podcasts about from 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 the book that I've I'm I'm still writing. Uh, it'll be printed eventually, something like when I'm 120, maybe. But uh, who knows? Um, but I, I sort of like throughout this one, we we stepped out in faith in 2001 to live by faith. Okay, we had no income whatsoever in in the early days. It was a it was just something we really felt God had led us to do. And um, and, and I asked the question, <laughs> you know, who invented the parachute? Somebody must have invented the parachute. And, and, and how did they know that that parachute was going to work? Did they sort of like jump off uh, like a, a small rock and, and pull the, uh, the cards, hoping that it would, you know, come out or did they actually jump off a higher cliff 
to, to test to see if this parachute was actually going to work. Surely they didn't just jump out of an aeroplane. <laughs> and hope. <laughs> but do you know what? That was, that's what like stepping out in faith was like. It was like uh, jumping out of an aeroplane and thinking, you know, I trust in this God <laughs> that I have faith in. We sing all the songs, don't we? We sing all the hymns. We sing all the modern uh, worship songs about how we trust, how, how we're going to step forward by faith. But actually, how many of us literally do? <laughs> anyway, more on that to come. So, the shofar. Can you hear the call of the shofar? The shofar, by the way, is a ram's horn. It's what they used in the biblical days, and and, and it's still used to to, to this day. I'll, uh, I'll I'll come back to that shortly because this this weekend is Rosh Hashanah. Now. Rosh Hashanah occurs on the first and second day of the Hebrew uh, calendar month of Tishrei. So we've just entered into the month of Tishrei. In Hebrew, Rosh Hashanah literally means the head of the year or the first of the year. Uh, and of course, it's commonly known as the Jewish New Year. Now, <laughs> And I need to, to, to add that <laughs> this is somewhat deceptive because if you sat there listening uh, to this podcast and uh, you're thinking about the Western world's uh, midnight drinking bash of December the 31st, well, forget it. <laughs> it's, it's not like, it's not like that at all. However, there is one important similarity between the Jewish New Year and the Western world's New Year. Many in the UK use, and, and around the world, I'm guessing, use the, the, the new year as a time to plan a better life. So what do you do uh, leading up to the 1st of January every new year? People make resolutions, yeah? And then probably by the 2nd of January, <laughs> you've already broken them. Well, likewise... The Jewish New Year is a time to look forward with new hope along with looking back at the mistakes of the past 12 months and you hope to plan to make changes. Okay, are you with me? So, Rosh Hashanah, the name Rosh Hashanah, it, it, it's not used in the Bible to discuss the holiday as such, but the, the scriptures do refer to uh, the holiday uh, as the day of remembrance. Uh, Yom HaZicharon, the day of remembrance. Or Yom Teruah, the, the day of the sounding of the shofar. And um, it's uh, found in Leviticus and chapter 23. So, you know, if you're listening to this on your phones or on your um I don't know, your, your, your iPads or your uh, laptops or whatever, just click pause if you want to and grab a, a Bible and turn to the scriptures in the Hebrew scriptures, Leviticus. That's the Old Testament if you, you know, if you think in church wise. Leviticus, the book of Leviticus, uh, chapter 23 and verse 24 and 25. 
and uh, I'll give you time. You can pause it and come back, okay? So Leviticus 23 and verses 24 and 25, and it reads, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month on the first day of the month, you shall have a Shabbat rest, a Sabbath rest, a memorial of blowing the shofar, the trumpets, a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work on it, and you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. Okay, that doesn't mean to say you have to put your, um, you know, your bread in the oven and allow it just to burn. <laughs> okay, in fact, God doesn't require burnt offerings today. Hallelujah. So, um, now as you, as I've sort of like already alluded to, the shofar is a ram's horn, and. Um, Shofar is spelt S-H-O-F-A-R. At least it was when I wrote it down anyway. The Shofar is a ram's horn, which is blown at this period of time. In fact, one of the most important observances in this holiday is hearing the sound of the Shofar in the synagogues. And the Jewish people look upon this day almost as if it was their last day. Indeed, the day of judgment. And so they examine their lives over the past 12 months, asking for God's forgiveness for when they have failed him, when they've allowed the flesh to rise up, when they have sinned. It's a strange word, that isn't it? It's it's very sort of like um, politically incorrect now. It's sort of like a word that people don't use, the word sin. But, it, you know, it affects all our lives, doesn't it? It's when we fall short of God. Most days, I guess. It's also a time when the Jewish people also review the history of their people and they pray for Israel. So for those of us who stand with Israel, who support Israel, who um, you know, regularly pray for various ministries connected with Israel, for the land itself, uh, and, and from where I'm coming from, specifically for, for the ministry that, that I represent, uh, along with my fellow staff, etc., Christian Friends of Israel, uh, it's, a, it's a really, really good time to, to start praying or continue praying or pray that bit harder <laughs> for, for the Jewish people, for the nation of Israel. Uh, do you know what? We can even pray for the enemies who surround Israel. Okay? And um, it's, a, it's an excellent time to, to intercede for the nation and people of Israel. Especially taking into account that they themselves are praying to God. You know, is it possible that their hearts are more receptive during this period of time? It's believed that on Rosh Hashanah, the, 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 the destiny of all mankind is recorded by God in the Book of Life. And after Rosh Hashanah services, the, the congregants leave the synagogue and they'll say to each other, May you be inscribed into the book of life. 
Now, of course, if I don't know where my here is, where where you're coming from in your life, but if you are um, part of the Christian Church and you made some commitment to, to God. If you are a Messianic uh, Jewish believer, you've made a commitment or, or a recommitment, as it were, to God. Um, and so basically, um, if you know <laughs> for sure <laughs> that your name is inscribed in the Book of Life, meaning essentially if you believe Yeshua, uh, Jesus died for your sins, my sins, and that you believe in your hearts and confess with your mouth that uh, Yeshua is the Messiah, Jesus is the Lord, then you can stand uh, confident that your, your name is written in the book of life. You are saved. Uh, and, uh, you know, this is a prayer that's, that's upon my heart, that, that the Jewish people would know their Messiah. I say their Messiah, Jesus, Yeshua, was a Jew. And that they would know this Messiah and that they, they would be inscribed into the book of life themselves. But let's just sort of like ponder a little bit on this. What about the book? What about God's book? What about the word of God, which is in essence the Bible? You know that the Jewish people will 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 pray. May you be inscribed into the Book of Life. But think about what is God's book. God's book is the Scriptures, the Word of God, our Bibles. And so we could turn that question around and say, Is this book <laughs> inscribed into our lives? You know, when we read the Scriptures. How do we try to live them out? How do we try to put the words into practice? And uh, here's some thoughts that I've been pondering on this, these past few days. Um, because, do you know, in the Bible, we find lots of forms of poetry, yeah? For an example, there's the Psalms. You know, what are the psalms? The songs, aren't they? It's the poems without music. Some of them actually have music. It says, to, to, uh, it gives a description to the musician of the stringed instruments or whatever. Okay? So the, the psalms can be both musical songs, going back from the time when possibly David or whoever wrote the songs, but there can also be um, poetry might not necessarily rhyme when translated into English, but remember, they'll have been written in Hebrew, okay? So you've got the Psalms, you've got the Song of Songs or the Song of Solomon, which is very, it's, it's unique poetry. And you know, even parts of uh, the book of Genesis in the early chapters can be read as being poetic. So here's something to think about, okay? If you're a, um, a Christian, if you're a believer in, 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 in Yeshua, in Jesus, and, and you've read the parts of the, or all of the, the New Testament, you'll have come across a book called the Book of Ephesians, or the letter, Paul's letter to the Ephesian church, yeah? And in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 to 10, we read, 
For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God. Not by work so that you can boast. For we are God's handiwork. Created in Christ Jesus. To do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Now, as ever, I have a variety of translations of the scriptures. And um, I quite like the complete Jewish Bible, which states regarding Ephesians 2, uh, chapter 2, verses 8 to 10, it says, For you have been delivered by grace through trusting. And even this is not your accomplishment. I like that. Even this is not your accomplishment, but God's gift. You were not delivered by your own actions. Therefore, no one should boast. And verse 10, for we are of God's making, created in union with the Messiah Yeshua for a life of good actions already prepared by God. For us to do. So. We are God's handiwork. Of God's making. We are his. Workmanship according to Ephesians chapter 2. But. Although a lot of the times I'm banging on about. Or explaining to people. About the fact that most of the scriptures. Indeed the majority of the Hebrew scriptures. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew. Of course, the New Testament, even though it may have a a Hebraic mindset, it was written in Greek. And in Greek, workmanship is poema, poema, which means that which is made, something fashioned, Crafted together, it's a masterpiece. And you know, from the Greek word uh, poema comes the word poem. That's where we get poetry from, okay? So here is the connection, or the Kesha, as it would be in Hebrew, okay? Here's the connection to Rosh Hashanah. We can either live trying to make our life our own work or we can let our life become his workmanship you see if you think of it in terms of poetry in a poem a poem can't write itself or even lead itself it must be written and led by its author it must flow from its author's heart um, you know, I can remember when I wrote Crimes Against Humanity, which will be a future podcast. Uh, it was all about the turmoil that was going on during the pob, pob, pogroms and the, uh, during the Holocaust. And uh, it, was a, it, it is a heavy, heavy piece of work, but um, it was something that was from my heart. And, um, 
you know, it was ideas that I had. It was stuff that I put and I allowed, uh, I was going to say my pen, I don't write though, it's, it, it's a keyboard. <laughs> um, but it's my thoughts into action. So in essence, this is the same with the way we are to, to, to try and make our life God's work or, or to allow our life to become God's workmanship. As I've said, a poem can't write itself, it can't lead itself, it must be written and led by its author, it must flow from its author's heart. So we have to allow it to flow out from the heart of God. We need to allow God's spirit to move us and his love to become the impulse of all we do. And then our life will flow as it is meant to flow with the rhyme and the reason and the beauty. Are you with me? So by joining every part of our life and our being, our deepest parts, our heart, our soul, even our wounds, um, you could add to that the longings of our heart, the, our desires, everything. By joining every part of our life and being to God, only then can our deepest needs and longings at Rosh Hashanah and beyond be fulfilled. Do you know, I always remember um, when our Matthew was growing up um, through, uh, again, I don't want to embarrass our, our Matthew because uh, he's probably listening to this <laughs> podcast. And if he doesn't, he better repent. <laughs> As he was growing up, uh, I think it was, I don't know, around about eight, nine, ten year old, we used to go to Soul Survivor. Uh, we used to, I used to, we were invited to, to, to work uh, at the exhibitions, the stands at Soul Survivor, which is a, a great big youth event. Uh, it used to be down in Shepton Mallet um, in, in Somerset. And, uh, and then he, he helped me, I think, with new, yeah, he's helped us a few times with new wine. Well, it was at Somerset and, and different big Christian festivals. But during this time, the Bible that he used to read was um, a thing called the Message, which is sort of like a transliteration. It's not really a translation as such. And I have to confess, I, <laughs> I do struggle with large sections of it. Basically, it, it, it's, it's the Bible, but put into very, very modern terms. And, and sometimes I think if you do that, um, you actually... Um, distort the context of where the scriptures came from and we should never read the scriptures uh, sort of like out of context uh, a text out of context it just becomes a pretext doesn't it so we, we have to sort of like read I believe the scriptures regarding the time that they were written written in but also for the people that the scriptures were written for 
So if the scriptures were written for Israel, it still means it's for Israel. However, by coming to faith through Yeshua, through Jesus, you grafted in to the vine, into the olive tree. You become part of Israel, in essence. And so, obviously, then you can apply those scriptures to yourselves. Obviously, pointless reading the scriptures if we can't apply them to ourselves. So, in essence, what I'm trying to say is that, that you know, sometimes I think it having a modern take can actually rob us of some of the richness of the scriptures. But having said that, there are certain parts of the translation or, or, or the, 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 the book, the message, that actually do come alive. And it makes the scriptures come alive. And, and, and I, I often remember Matthew used to quote from 2 Corinthians chapter 3, Verses 3 to 18. I'm just going to read it. This is from the message, okay? Um, it says, Whenever, though, they turn to face God as Moses did, God removes the veil, and there they are face to face. They suddenly recognise that God is a living, personal presence, not a piece of chiseled stone. And when God is personally present, a living spirit, that old constricting legislation is recognised as obsolete. We're free then. Nothing between us and God. Our face is shining with the brightness of his face. And so we are transfigured much like the messiah our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as god enters our lives and we become like him wow <laughs> that's what rosh hashanah is about in my understanding it's a new start we're at the beginning of a new year. And, you know, one of the popular um, observances during this holiday of Rosh Hashanah is actually um, getting some apples, cutting them up, and dipping the apples into honey. Why do you dip your apples into honey? Uh, well, it's, it's symbolic, and it means that we are... It's our wish, our desire for a sweet and fruitful new year. Um, you can also dip uh, the bread, the challah bread into honey um, at this time of the year. A sweet and fruitful new year. You know, when we take into account what we've been through and what we're still going through with all these, with with, with this COVID-19, the coronavirus, etc., it's it's been it's been tough, hasn't it? Let's face it, it's been tough. Even if you've not, if you if you don't know anybody in your family that's that's suffered from COVID, just the the how it's affected everybody's life throughout the world. It's been tough. All for a sweet and fruitful new year. Another custom to begin the Rosh Hashanah 
meals is uh, by using a challah bread, but it isn't the normal challah bread as you would see. That that um, if if you if you're not quite sure what challah bread is, uh, just Google the word. Uh, it's spelled C H A double L A H. Okay, challah bread. It's it's a it's a a lovely uh, sweet bread that is generally made with egg. But on Rosh Hashanah, the challah bread is made round. It's a round challah bread. And these are often also filled with raisins and, and are often sweeter than usual. Now, why is this? Well, it represents goodness without an end. The round challahs have no end symbolising our des desire for a year in which life and blessings continue without end. Oh. So when we take into account, again, the horrific year of COVID-19 that we've all witnessed, you know, why hope... <laughs> For 2021 to be a better year. You know, let's pray that starting this weekend, starting tonight with Rosh Hashanah, we might see God's blessings. So, Rosh Hashanah 2020, whenever you're listening to this podcast, it actually began on Shabbat, on the Friday night of the 18th of September, and it continues on until after nightfall on the Sunday, the September the 20th. And a week later, the high holidays, which is what we're, we're in at the moment, the Jewish high holidays, reach their crescendo with Yom Kippur. And... If I've got the chance to do it, I might come back the next podcast and talk about Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. But if I don't get the chance, just to say the Day of Atonement was the only day in the year that the High Priest would go into the Holy of Holies in the temple, on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, and offer atonement for the people of Israel. Now, Yom Kippur 2020 begins before sunset on Sunday, September the 27th, and ends at midnight on Monday, September the 28th. But it doesn't end there, <laughs> because the high holidays are completed with the festive holiday of Sukkot or the Feast of Tabernacles which bring the annual fall holiday season to a joyous conclusion and if you want to find out about the Feast of Tabernacles like what does it mean to tabernacle with the Lord? 
hang on, what does it mean for the Lord to tabernacle with us? Wow. There's an episode that you don't want to miss. Okay, and that's coming up in very shortly, a couple of weeks time in one of the Eagles Eye podcast. So if you want to find out all about Tabernacles, Sukkot, tune in to the Eagles Eye podcast. But for now, as we think of Rosh Hashanah, as we think of putting our hearts right with God, may his peace, his grace, his blessings and his deep shalom be with you all. Eagle Eye podcast is broadcast by David Sokel and uh, if you want to find out more on my channel it uh, then go to david-sokel.com uh, incidentally all music that is on the, this uh, podcast is licensed to David Sokel uh, and is uh, from Audio Jungle <laughs>